When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. What's your most memorable TV moment? 651-641-1071. This is the Colleen and Bradley Show on My Talk 1071. Streaming live at mytalk1071.com. Everything entertainment. Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer. Hello. And why are we asking people what their most memorable TV moment was, Bradley? Well, because I think, like me, everyone has some form of memorable TV moment in their lives. And I was uh, prompted to think about this fact because I saw a tweet. And the tweet is very simply this. And I'm not going to overexplain this. But there's a picture of a mom... Let's call her a hipster mommy blogger okay. type who's wearing a delightful, you know, hip outfit. Everybody looks fabulous. Um, she's, so it's real life. Yeah, it's real life. Mm-hmm. All the kids are smiling and happy and she's mm. taking them for a walk in the woods. And as she's trundling her and her three children through the woods on a beautiful, you know, summer's day, um, she's holding a sign because that normally happens when you're walking through the woods with your right. children. I usually do carry a sign with me. Child in one hand, mm-hmm. sign in the other. And the sign says, into the woods we go because kids won't remember their best day of television. And when I read that, um, I was like, eh. au contraire, mon frere. <laughs> and you. I mean, I, I was helped along this sentiment because somebody posted this photo and responded by saying, I feel like this is 100% untrue. Mm-hmm. Um Regardless, they then go on to talk about very memorable TV moments. For example, I very specifically, says the tweeter of this particular moment, I very specifically remember a day watching a Partridge Family Marathon on VH1, sitting in my beanbag chair, eating peach yogurt and thinking, life doesn't get any better than this. Mm. That was just one day watching a Partridge Family Marathon. And I'm like, there are countless examples of this throughout my life. And I imagine that I am not alone. So if like me and everyone else thus far I've encountered, um, you have a memorable TV moment. What is it? Share at 651-641-1071. I mean, I have 3000. Oh, okay. Well, let's start with one. Well, I mean, and I bet you and I share some of them. Uh, cherry in the fridge. Well, yeah, we make fun of that one all a the time. A thousand right? percent. That's from Punky Brewster. Cherry, her friend, got stuck in a fridge. Yep. And um, ever forward, we were parent uh, paralyzed with fear that we would someday find ourselves caught in a fr- refrigerator. Refrigerator. Yeah. Exactly. Don't ever try to hide in the fridge because you'll end up dead. Don't do it. Well, Cherry didn't die, by the way. She, um, was fine. she was fine. Thank God. And thank God for that special but, episode. You know, I think about like, I think about um, Star Trek. I watched a Star Trek marathon and I remember building a fort with my furniture. So we had like a sectional couch mm-hmm. and I transformed that into the, you know, um, what do you call that? Uh, the bridge, the bridge of mm-hmm. the Starship Enterprise as I watched 
Aren't you, you proud know. that I knew that? Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm surprised, actually. Thanks. Uh, watched a Star Trek marathon for hours because we used to have marathons before there was binge watching. Right. Um, I was going to say another one that I, and I didn't, you know, recreate this in my own life. But this is like a TV moment. I remember yeah. was when Steven slapped Irene on. Oh, yeah. I totally the real world that. in Seattle. That was right. Yeah. Uh, there are a lot of real world moments, actually, but that one was certainly a highlight. Right. Then it all went to hot tubs in Hawaii. And- Which that wasn't fun, but that was yeah. probably one of the last. I actually, well, I have a whole theory about that, that I feel like the drama of that slap was part of what changed the real world into like manufactured drama. Because that got so much attention that they felt like they needed to actually make that level of drama at all times. Because if you watch earlier seasons of The Real World, you will now be bored by them because they are delightfully boring. Yeah. 651-641-1071. What is your most memorable TV moment? We have Tracy on the line. Hi, Tracy. Hi, Tracy. Tracy, what's your most memorable TV moment? Okay, so it's technically not mine since I wasn't born yet. However... My mother refused to go to the hospital to have me, to give birth to me, on December 17th, 1969, because Tiny Tim was getting married on The Tonight Show. Oh, my gosh. Needless to say, whenever that Trivial Pursuit question comes up, I absolutely floor everybody because I know the answer. Who got married on The Tonight Show on December 17th, 1969? Because it's a family story at this point. (laughs) Crazy, that's That's crazy. Did she then end up having to stay home and give birth? Nope, she made it to the hospital. Okay. You know what time the Tonight Show was on. I was yeah. born at like 2.30 in the morning on December oh, 18th. my word. I love that. What a great story. And also, will you always be on my Trivial Pursuit team just for that reason? Right. I know, exactly. It's great. Thank you, Tracy. <laughs> Thanks, Tracy. Have a great day. I love that. That's a good story. Um, do you have any? What, what, what Yeah, like I said, mind? I mean, my memories aren't necessarily like the most um, shocking moment of a particular show. It's like, you know, many memories of, you know, when I was watching Star Trek, but I was a latchkey kid. So um, coming home and watching TV, I mean, I can paint pictures mm-hmm. repeatedly. Saturday mornings also, like I would get up and make myself breakfast on Saturday morning, which usually included just a giant bowl. Um, and a bunch of cereal and, mm-hmm. you know, watching um, watching cartoon after cartoon after cartoon. Have I ever told you that when I hear the opening strains to Inspector Gadget, I can immediately taste Cheerios? Oh, why? Because I don't remember what time of day Inspector Gadget was on, but I remember eating Cheerios and watching Inspector that Gadget. That was an after-school program. So I must At have been eating I a was. snack. I yeah. don't know. I, isn't that weird? Like the Transformers. That makes right. me think of after-school. Um, yeah. Right. I mean, again, so many. Where do we even go from here? We have Noelle on the line. Hi, Hi Noelle. Noelle, what's your most memorable TV moment? So this is sort of a sad one, but I distinctly remember watching the MASH finale oh. and being, well, A, I love that show, but B, being kind of still to this day as a 50-year-old scarred by the scene with the woman holding the baby on the bus. Mm. And we thought it was a chicken, oh. but it was a baby. Sorry, oh. spoiler alert. So, yeah, 
I, I like can how guarantee you, spoil, you Noel, you're trying to spoiler alert. I the guarantee end of you, Bradley is never going back to watch that finale. True. No, <laughs> True. I don't think I can either. But anyway, <laughs> thank you, Noel. Uh, we did get a tweet from Panda who said memorable TV moments, both pretty sad and tragic, but that may be why they were memorable. Number one, when George was revealed to be John Doe at the end of season five on Grey's Anatomy. Oh my gosh, that was so. Oh, that one was a tough one. And then the whole BAU team heard Hotch's wife die in Criminal Minds. Oof, I don't know that one. I don't one, know what but, that, those words mean, but clearly if you watch Criminal Minds, you, you know. You know, yeah. and that is, a, that is a moment for I mean, you. whether it's um, like soap opera moments, think about all the soap opera oh, moments. We just had this conversation off the air the other day when we did the, when you and I messed up the soap opera, uh, what's it called? Throwback Live when we thought it was oh, yeah. daytime, daytime soaps, soaps and it was primetime soaps. Mm-hmm. So uh, B. Arthur and I started to talk about soap operas and our uh, one of our other friends here at the station, Brooke, was in the room and we started to talk about um, Days of Our Lives and we were throwing out some deep tracks about yeah. like the time that uh, Marlena was possessed by the devil. I mean, there was some stuff on that show. Yeah, uh, soap operas very much entered territory that was like bizarre and random in the mid 80s. Mm-hmm. I seem to remember because we used to watch uh, One Life to Live or no, not One Life to Live, All My Children. And at one point, this woman was in a hole for like an entire season. She lived in a hole. Same thing with uh, with the Marlena on Days of Our Lives. Or maybe it was John black but somebody lived in a hole for a very long time yeah, she was it's, like dumped in a hole basically like silence of the lamb style but they didn't have to put the lotion on the basket or in the basket it was they didn't get the hose again um and it's like so really you want me to believe that this person and then there's like you know characters would have like uh identical siblings mm-hmm. i think I they're called so twins but yeah you know what i mean uh-huh. When we return on the Colleen and Bradley show, we need to catch up with Chrissy Teigen. We've got uh, so much drama, so much drama with Chrissy. We'll talk about it when we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show on my talk. One Oh seven one. Well, we got to check in on Chrissy Teigen because a day without a Chrissy Teigen story is like a day without joy on the Colleen and Bradley show. My talk. One Oh seven one streaming live at my talk. One Oh seven one.com. Everything entertainment. Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley trainer. She's rivaling Kardashian territory. She in really terms is of real estate on this show. Um, today we have to talk about Chrissy Teigen because you guys, she's good. I mean, quote unquote, good. Uh, that's what she told TMZ anyway. And, um, She's like, they were like, how are you? And she was like, good. I'm good. How's it going? Um, She's finally speaking out on camera amid her cyberbullying scandal, crediting her husband, John Legend, for having her back. But tight lipped being she is about a potential Oprah interview. That's basically what TMZ said. So the the gist is she's good uh, and she's not going to tell you what's going on with that Oprah interview, which means I actually think it sounds like that might be something if not in the offing, she at least wants us to think is in the offing yeah. because she's being kind of uh, cagey about, about it. it. Yeah. Um, that sounds about right. Like, I, I think she would try that tactic at this point without being like overly verbal about things. If she just sort of is going to uh, not tell you everything so that she can keep you wondering. Yeah. Um, and, and honestly, you know, maybe they're in negotiations to do it. And at first I thought like, I don't think this is an interview that's probably going to happen because it's what, but the more I think about it, I'm like, actually it, I, I mean, if you think about both people, it would certainly benefit Chrissy Teigen mm-hmm. 
because again, she has chosen to live her life out in public and she has some damage control to do in terms of her public image. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, In addition, Oprah, you know, Oprah wants to be where the audience is. And I think that like it or don't, there are a lot of people who are fascinated by this particular Story, and I don't mean the story of Chrissy Teigen. I mean specifically the story about Chrissy Teigen, wherein um, she bullied people on the internet, and because everybody's sort of in this place right now, and I mean this in a very general sense, because I think this is a huge conversation and one that um, we don't have time to even like begin to dissect uh, honestly and carefully and thoughtfully um, beyond just some platitudes. Everybody's talking about canceling and cancel culture and Mm -hmm. online bullying and Twitter and like that's all out there right now. And I think Oprah sees that and wouldn't mind having a piece of that in terms of attaching herself to the story. Well, and there is also a lot of like Oprah, 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 e fertile ground, meaning there's a lot of sort of emotional, psychological angles that Oprah would be the right person to explore. And it's not just on behalf of Chrissy Teigen, right? Because there are actual victims of the choices she made uh, on her social media. And they suffered consequences as a result of the things that Chrissy Teigen said. Um, And so, you know, there's to me, especially on the heels of this mental health initiative that she did with uh, Harry and Meghan, Mm -hmm. There's an opportunity, there's some fertile ground to have some conversations about how we can be responsible for each other's wellness, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. By not being jerks on social media. Absolutely. Um, the other good part of this story for conversational purposes is that Courtney Stodden is a part of it. And Courtney Stodden specifically, um, I don't know, attached... Uh, attached themselves to this story in a way by saying that uh courtney would like to be a part of the oprah interview as well I totally... so courtney said i would like some of that oprah business i kind of love this because well first of all courtney's been very vocal about the fact that they were a victim of chrissy Teigen's bullying yeah um and then on top of that courtney has been vocal about the fact that Chrissy Teigen did not apologize to them as Chrissy Teigen had said yeah. she was going to be doing. So I love that now we're taking this next level to the logical conclusion where Courtney Stodden is now offering their services. Should Oprah need them, Yeah, they will be available. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I just don't feel like Oprah is going to do that because Oprah doesn't really do that. Oprah... Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house 
to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. If, if Oprah's interested in this particular story, she's interested in Chrissy Teigen's part of the story. And I don't think she's particularly interested in the Courtney Stodden story for the purpose of, you know, the tell-all interview. interview, right? Yeah, because that's a whole uh, kettle of fish. When you different and apart from the story that uh, Chrissy Teigen and Courtney Stodden are a part of together, I really would be curious. I would love to be a fly on the wall at Oprah headquarters right now, knowing Oprah headquarters. You know, <laughs> hey Oprah. In terms of what? Just knowing that this conversation is present, knowing that this conversation is bubbling. Oprah knows. Oprah's heard the story. Oprah knows that Oprah's been inserted in the story. And I just, I would love to know what's happening around the boardroom table at Oprah headquarters today with that information. You know, are they considering it? What are their considerations? What, or are they like, that's not on brand for us? How does that look? Yeah. And honestly, I mean, I think one of the things that Oprah might, uh, one of the things that might keep Oprah from doing an interview like this is like, do you want to step into the middle of this controversy? Because, um, you know, by providing Chrissy Teigen a platform to have a conversation, you're you're not endorsing her or her behavior, but you are sort of taking, it's not that you're taking a side, but kind of you are, right? Because mm-hmm. unless Oprah's going to have some people, you know, like Courtney Stodden, who have things to say right. about the experience personally. I don't know that it's a, it seems like that would be risky because you also don't know what else Chrissy Teigen, let's take her at her word that this was, you know, she's owned up to what she needs to own up to, but I don't know. I just feel like, although, and then I look back at uh, Oprah's, you know, track record and she's certainly given people like Lindsay Lohan, a lot of latitude. So it's funny that you said that. Cause that's what I was just thinking is I wonder if Oprah is even more uh, selective about who she will sort of usher forward uh, on her platform because of what occurred with Lindsay Lohan. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know, Oprah Winfrey uh, allowed Lindsay to have a reality show on the Oprah Winfrey network of her sort of getting her life together. And it kind of turned into a disaster because Lindsay wasn't showing up on uh, filming days. She wasn't allowing the crew into her space where she was living. She was sort of trying to kind of um, push back Mm -hmm. on the production as it was happening. And Oprah had to like sit down with her on a number of different occasions. It was kind of a, you know, it it sort of tarnishes Oprah's reputation in a way that I'm not sure she's excited to repeat anytime soon, but who knows? It seems like she's distanced herself from that experience. Right. And that's why I'm wondering if, you know, is Chrissy Teigen more along that brand or is that a possibility? It seems like Chrissy Teigen wants us to think it's a possibility. Yeah, that's for sure. When we come back, it's not just a possibility. It's a sure thing. We've got some celebrities behaving badly. We'll tell you about them after this on My Talk 107.1. Celebrities behaving badly, or at least behaving in ways that we don't find appropriate on the Colleen and Bradley Show. My Talk 1071. 
streaming live at mytalk1071.com. Everything Entertainment. Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer. Hello. And uh, we have a name for these celebrities, and that name is. D-Bag. Presenting Lord and Lady Douchebag of the Day. Who is your D-Bag? Justin and Haley Bieber. Oh no, what did they do? Okay, I want to preface this by saying yes, I am fully outfit shaming. Okay? Oh. But I am in the sense that apparently Justin Bieber and Haley Bieber were passing through France... And they were uh, invited, yeah, as one does, and they were invited for a meeting with the French president, oh. Emmanuel Macron, and his wife, Brigitte Macron. Lovely. Like, right? That's amazing. They're yeah. going to go sit down with, like, the mo- uh, one of the most powerful people in France. And they were talking about, quote, youth issues or, quote, <laughs> issues related to youth. Youth issues. What the? I don't know what that means. Justin and Haley Bieber know about youth issues. Okay. But okay, sure. Okay. But what I want you to do is scroll down and look at the picture of the meeting. Uh, they no, are in the French equivalent of the Oval Office. I don't know what it's called. It might be square <laughs> or circular. And um, there. I think that's. Is that. That's Elise Palace. Justin Bieber is wearing a suit. Great. A suit, right? A nice button down shirt underneath. Nice, wonderful, open, no tie. Yeah, that's an interesting look. I don't know. Is that like a thing? Because that's not, I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't probably wear that to France. And then he has (laughs) sneakers on. I, you, Bradley, you probably wouldn't wear that to any country. (laughs) Like, you, well, the sneaker thing I don't get, but I'm also not cool. I know, like, people are are fun. Well, yeah, but again, okay, again. Fine outfit, fine. Whatever, do whatever you want to do. You just think that that's... You're meeting the president of France, right? Like, maybe put a little effort in. And then Haley Bieber is wearing a fashionable dress for a luncheon with friends in Beverly Hills. But it is a cross thing with, like, a midriff bearing and a low back and I'm like, you're meeting the president. Like, You think it should be more modest? I just feel like, you know, yes, a little modesty, a little like awareness of the fact that they're in their own business. Yeah. Pl- you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, this fair. is like that's a, fair. it's a respect thing. Like, would you roll up to the Oval I also love office? that he's wearing pearls or I don't know. What is that he's wearing around his neck? It looks like he's I wearing it like, was a, like a regular chain, like but a pearl necklace, it like looks something likely... Barbara Bush would have worn. <laughs> yeah. It, looks... it actually is a gift from Barbara Bush. <laughs> looks slightly Abercrombie 2002. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. I, yeah, that I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't wear that. So I, I, uh, I, I get where you're coming from. He, I will say I'm a little confused if you scroll, 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 there's a period wherein uh, they're walking into some sort of French shop and Haley, because she's wearing a backless number, mm-hmm. has cupping yeah. bruises on her back, which, and, you know, that's kind of a hipster, uh, a mark of hipster coolness. For sure. But I don't I don't know if I'd go backless then in front of the French president. Yeah. And that's but the outfit she wore to old. that pre- presidential meeting. I think we we're are too old. dusty and crusty. Like you and I would both be like fully dressed to the nines. A thousand. I would. Yes. I, I would actually probably like 
call the palace or whatever they are in. What is it called? The <laughs> the Elysee Palace. I think yeah. that's where the French president lives, right? So I would call them and be like, hey, any advice? Like, I want to know kind of what the dress code is for this situation. And then I would follow it to it. I'm just, I don't know. But the I get weird about that stuff. Of the president of uh, France. I get weird about that stuff. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, look, we were raised in a very specific uh, time and place when it comes to what is proper. I just wonder if the sneakers is proper. Also, I do find it. There must be another person in the picture. Do you see the picture where they're stepping out of the little shop? And it looks like he's wearing two different shoes. But I think that might be another person. It's another person, which is also another person wearing sneakers and a suit, I believe. I don't know. Oh, no, that person doesn't have a suit. No, you're right. It's another person. I actually like the gown that she's wearing uh, as he's getting out of a car. Yes. In a, Well, he's wearing a hoodie, but she's wearing this cute little... Pink number. Yeah. Yeah. Which, honestly, even that would have been probably more appropriate, I feel like. Although yeah. it looks a little the even French, to me, you know, but who, what I do I know? I also wonder what the French think, because, you know, the French are very sexy well, people. Okay, have I ever told you this? I learned this when I was 21... And I had a friend who was studying abroad in France and I went to visit her and we were, we walked everywhere. Like we walked, we did the Champs-Élysées. We went to the Arc de Triomphe. We went and like, I was full on tourist mode, but everywhere we went without my talking, people would know I was American. And I would say to her, how do they know jeans? Because I was wearing backpack sneakers because I was wearing tennis shoes. That has changed now. Okay. The, the stylish folk like the sneakers. They all wear what, was so obviously American. I had that experience when I was traveling abroad too, where like we just were f- very function over fashion. Right. Most right. Of the like rest I was like, we're going to be walking a lot. I, gotta, I have to put on those comfortable walking shoes. Yeah. Hmm. Who's your D bag, Bradley? My D bag is Chris Brown. Oof. Did you see this? Yeah, guy? I did. Okay. So Oof. exclusive. Chris Brown is a hot mess and the suspect in a battery investigation. It always has been. And I don't mean um, like Everetti or Duracell. I mean, uh, he apparently smacked a weave off a lady, according to her. He's under investigation. This time, the alleged victim told cops that he smacked the back of her head so hard her weave came off, quote unquote. Law enforcement sources told TMZ that police's, police's <laughs> responded uh, so to more than one. his San Fernando Valley home over the weekend. And apparently um, a woman claims he slapped her. And this is like the second time, I think, in as many months as the police uh, that the police have been out to his home. Uh, the woman claimed the slap made part of her weave come out, and police mm-hmm. took a battery report and named him as the suspect. Yeah. Um, they just keep saying weave in this article. So, um, But that's mostly it. It is, as I said, the second time that cops have come out to his house. The first time was in May when they had to break up a party early in the morning. And um, I think that that had to do with uh, the... I mean, we had different regulations then about mm. people gathering. Oh, I'm sure. And he had far exceeded that because I remember bringing that story and we talked about it, especially because we were in this place where we were like, ah, no crowds, thanks. Yeah, we're not doing big parties. And stuff was a little bit different in well, L.A. at that time or in California at that time. Uh, it's never a good time to smack the weave off someone's head. Never. So, Chris Brown, do better. Well, I feel like. doesn't seem to be a something he can do lately. I just sort of feel like Chris Brown has had numerous occasions 
to learn how to manage his anger. And if I remember correctly, after the uh, incidents, because I believe it was more than one with Rihanna, didn't he have to go to actual anger management courses to try to like deal with himself? I think so. God, I remember that was a long time ago. Doesn't that Mm. feel like uh, like ages ago? Yeah, Rihanna was still making music. Right? But you would think that he would have learned a couple things yeah, about well, how to keep I mean, his anger in to check. Do better, you, or to be better, you got to do better. And mm-hmm. I don't know that he did the part that's supposed to get you to better. You know, I have the a, work that needs to be done. I kind of have a dumb question. Because remember, when he, when he and Rihanna were involved and they were... Like that was sort of at the height of his attention for, um, for his battery charges against her. Yeah, and that was before quote, and I'm putting it in loose quotes because I don't necessarily believe that cancel culture is an actual thing. It's sort of a thing that we talk about, but I don't. But I I remember at the time people just being like, "No, Chris Brown, like we do not consume his music. We do not. He is not a thing anymore." Yeah. Did we forget that? Have we like brought him back? Oh, I like, think a what's... certain number of people have forgotten because, again, our attention span is very short. There have been a hundred different other people to pay uh, attention to, and he's still going to exist out there. And there are people that are still willing to work with him. His music that, still sells. Yeah, yeah, I think that's the bottom line is that, you know, you know, people are only canceled in so far as um, people don't consume their stuff, which is why it's hilarious when people like because somebody just said this. Who was it? Uh, Kevin, mm-hmm. Kevin, not Kevin. Who am I thinking of? Who just said um, that he'd been canceled? Like, you know, oh, it was Kevin Hart. You're Kevin right. Hart. Yeah, yeah, it was Kevin. Kevin Hart. Yeah. It was Kevin. I was like, Hi, Kevin. Kevin. I think it was Kevin, but yeah. good old Kevin, Kevin Hart. Um, he said that he's been canceled like three or four times. And I was like, see, that's why, you know, cancel. Uh, it's not what you think you're saying when you say cancel culture i think that is the case that right. there is there's something you're getting at but when you say you've been canceled three or four times that by definition means you weren't actually canceled because have right. you been canceled once right that means you, you're you can't be canceled again if you were um criticized for doing something three or four times then yes or if you received consequences for an action that was but it, I, even in kevin hart's case i don't know what those consequences would have been other than people's judgment which is not the same as a consequence or being canceled wasn't it kevin hart though that lost his chance to host something the oscars yeah. it was yes. the kevin oscars. hart yeah. was announced to host yeah, the that's oscars that's true so he he lost that opportunity as a result of some tweets that he um instead of apologizing for said he already had apologized and refused to apologize right. again. So people were like, okay, well, if you're going to do that, then we're not going to this. We don't want you to do this again, which is a consequence. It's yeah. not a cancellation yeah. because again, again, if you were allowed to then continue to enjoy the trappings of your own celebrity, you weren't canceled. And you can disagree with that and think that it's unfair that you were asked not to do that. Mm hmm. But that doesn't mean you were canceled because, again, you went on to work and you are, as by your own definition or your own words, one of the highest paid actors in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Which right. I feel like if you've been canceled, you that's don't get to enjoy that. Probably not the case. Not a thing. But what do I know? Not anyway, much. Chris I'm Brown doesn't right appear now. to be canceled. <laughs> 
but he does appear to be facing some criminal, criminal, criminal weave smacking charges. Yes. Ugh. When we return on the Colleen and Bradley show, I have uh, something that we are going to be, I believe, quite interested in. Mm. It's a new docu-series that will be airing on Discovery Plus, and I'm going to tell you what it is and all I know about it when we come back on My Talk 107.1. Thank you, Holly. This is the Colleen and Bradley show on My Talk 107.1, streaming live at MyTalk1071.com. Everything Entertainment, Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer. Hello. I wanted to tell you about a docu-series that's been announced that mm. will air on Discovery Plus that I think will be of interest to us. Okay. Uh, it is called uh, Breaking Hill Song. Oh, sure. It will about be the Hillsong Church. Exactly. It'll be a three-part series about the Hillsong Church. It will be uh, in partnership with. Now, off the air, I said the New York Times. I was just kidding. The New, York, the New York Post. Oh. Uh, but it will feature investigative reporting by Hannah Frischberg. So so what I'm, I guess the point is, this is not like there is actually a reporter attached to this. They are doing their due diligence. Um, and they're going to dig into kind of not only what went wrong with Hillsong, mm. but also in general, some of the themes that are emerging from some of these types of churches. These types of mega churches, especially the celebrity focused ones. Are they going to be talking about the celebrities attached to them at all? That is know? a good question. And that part I'm not entirely sure about. But what I do know is, I mean, the, the main focus, I would say, probably is going to be the celebrity pastor himself, mm. which is Carl Lentz, yeah. who was the beginning of what people understood of the downfall of Hillsong. Now, I would also just argue, I don't know that. Hillsong has entirely experienced a downfall. Um, they are still very much in operational. The media, you know, yes, yeah. Like the, but media coverage has painted them in a far more. Um, I don't want to say in a darker light because that's not necessarily true. It's just that it's been a more complex light. Like critical, critical. Thank you. Yeah. That's a very good uh, word for what I was trying to say. Um, because I don't think most people knew anything about Hillsong. Mm-hmm. But any publicity they had was probably relatively positive. But then we got to see maybe um, some more critical uh, approaches to the organization because at the end of the day, it is a huge organization. I would imagine that they will, that there will be some sort of mention or understanding of the part, the role that celebrities have played in Hillsong in the past. Um, But we will get to hear directly from um, Ronan Kareem, who is the person who had a five-month affair with Carl Lentz, which is kind of one of the first things that started the ball rolling and talking about Carl Lentz and his problematic behaviors within the church and also his moral, what do they call them, moral failings. Yeah. Um, it will also feature Leona Kimes, who used to be the nanny of the Lentzes, who came forward and accused them of sexual and emotional abuse. Um, which they, of course, deny because they deny it all. Yeah. Um, but she will be featured in the docuseries as well. Um, the thing I think is really interesting about um, about this, about this docuseries that I'll be interested, I'll be curious to see how they paint the picture, is that I just see so many similarities between Hillsong and Scientology. The main difference being there doesn't seem to be a machine from within Hillsong in the same way there is in Scientology, mm-hmm. in terms of how they uh, counter attack 
when the PR is bad. Yeah, I will say, you know, um, I think the the comparison is a good one because it's it's really their um, seeking out celebrity in a way to publicize and, you know, proselytize uh, for the church. And I think they are seeing the, you know, because the head of the church has, you know, criticized the public's perception and coverage of this organization, which is interesting. And Scientology does this, too. It's like, well, you can't have one without the other. So if you're going to entertain and indulge celebrity Mm -hmm. in order to, you know, further whatever word you're trying to to offer people, um, you're also going to have to deal with what what comes along with all of that right. baggage uh, in terms of celebrity. So if you're going to play with celebrity, you better be really careful because now you're going to have an audience of people who like us are predisposed to want to know, like we're going to grab the popcorn and see what drama is going on behind the scenes because that's what we do with celebrities and entertainment reporting. So right. I kind of feel like, well, maybe, maybe trying to, you know, spread the, the good news as it were um, with celebrities is not your best approach. Yeah. It is. It, it Yes. And, you know, there are it's it's it goes even farther, especially with well, with both Hillsong and um, Scientology, it goes a little bit even farther than just the involvement of celebrities. Both of them have TV networks. Both of them have utilized different sort of areas of entertainment to try to bring forward their message for Hillsong. They've got an entire recording. Yeah. They're very um, division. much in the music industry. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. They also, I think have like a college associated with well, them. They've brought their show on the road. I think that they've come to the twin cities at one point for sure. Didn't they have yeah. like a major festival? Yeah. It was a big concert thing. Yeah. At, maybe it was at us bank stadium, but there were billboards all around the right. cities for it, but they didn't, it didn't say Hillsong. It would right. they build themselves as something else. And it was like deep within it. Like you yeah. had to do a couple clicks in order to figure out. Who, Which is always, that's was. always something you really want to get involved with. <laughs> I mean, honestly, if somebody, if you have to, if you have to Google your way to get to the bottom of what's really going on, right. I don't know that that's maybe the best that doesn't generally tend to make people very trusting of what it is that you're offering up. Right. Uh, I was just trying to click through and figure out when we will be able to see this breaking hill song, which will air on uh, discovery plus. And they're not, an, they're only, they're only saying that they've ordered a three episode limited docuseries. Uh, and that means Discovery Plus has ordered it. We don't have a date yet for it, mm-hmm. but I will tell you when that uh, comes out. I will definitely be oh, for sure one of the first in line to watch it because I do think uh, it'll be interesting. They will also, Bradley, were you here when this happened, or was that just you and me, Holly? When um, one of their other in April, one of their other pastors, Hillsong pastors, Darnell Barrett, uh, had leaked or like. Somebody leaked a photograph that he had DM'd yeah. her. Were oh, you yeah. here for that? Oh, oh yeah. yeah, you were here. Of him basically in his undies in the locker room at the yeah. gym. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I, I don't know what you're talking about. I was just proud of my fitness. I sent it out to a bunch no, of people. I didn't realize this. Yeah. A woman after the fact. Yeah. So that storyline. Like, I see you and well, your creepy behaviors. That will also be featured in the three-part mm-hmm. docuseries. Yeah. Yes. Well, and it doesn't surprise me that it's the New York Post, because obviously they're going to lean in heavy on the salacious side of mm-hmm. this. It'll be interesting to see if there's like a broader message about the organization as a whole, 
beyond just the personalities that, you know, clearly have red lights blinking above them. Um, Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say that the New York Post has had exclusive sources throughout this whole story talking to that publication. And also remember, the New York Post is a tabloid. Right. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is these are the words from uh, Deadline, I think. Uh, It will be a partnership with the New York Post featuring investigative reporting by Hannah Frischberg. It will also shed light on, quote, the greater phenomenon of corruption within megachurches. So. I am curious. I would like to see where this is going. I will subscribe to this newsletter and when it becomes available, uh, I will be watching this on Discovery Plus. By the way, the name again is uh, Breaking Hill Song. When we return on the Colleen and Bradley show, here's my question. When you're in the kitchen and you're waiting for like your food to be microwaved Mm -hmm. or you're waiting for water to boil or you're waiting for the oven to preheat and like you're done with your food prep, what do you do while you're waiting? Oh, okay. 651-641-1071. When you're waiting for something in the kitchen, what do you do? do? 651-641-1071. We'll take your calls after this. My Talk 1071. Let me guess. 